It's the Fantasy Life Podcast brought to you by Paramount Plus, and we're talking matchups. I'm Sam Holt. Of course, I'm joined by Chris Allen. And today we have our special guest, Laquan Jones of NFL Network, researcher, analyst, downtown Rams, Roto Baller, Sportstopia, and one of my closest friends. So happy to have you joining us today. What up? What up? How is it going? What an intro. It is time for week four, guys. I'm excited. I don't know what this energy is that I'm bringing into this week, but I've been positive all week. I found $95 in a pair of pants today. What? I know. I don't know if just like past Sam is just extremely unorganized or like current Sam is just like on the up and we're, you know, just. We're ascending. We're ascending. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, like it's going to be, it's going to be a great week. We're starting off well. I'm excited. These are four amazing matchups. I can't wait to get into it with you guys, but are you guys pumped for this week? Yeah. I mean, football, it's on. Let's go. I think, yeah, I think my thing is, so, I mean, we're, we're heading into week four month into the season. And the biggest thing that I've taken away so far is that a lot of the things that we, we assume from over the off season, right? Like uh, whether it's, you know, the chargers passing game is going to be this, like, you know, downfield passing attack. And like, for the most part, that's been true. Right. But it just took Austin Eckler being out in order to really realize the fact that, I mean, they've got Justin Herbert back there or even like, that's on the good side. But on the bad side, it was the, the Atlanta Falcons. Like this is going to be, uh, you know, an awesome running game. But then we got Drake London, we got Kyle Pitts. So if the running game's good, then we'll still be able to use some of those passing assets. It's like, no, that's not the case, right? It's been like Mac Hollins and like you know Johnu Smith and all these other dudes. So it's been like good and bad things that we figured out after the fact. But that's that's a part of fantasy football. It's just part of football in general. So after three data points, three weeks of three weeks of games. Now we're heading to week four. I do feel like it's like now we we know stuff and we're we're starting to figure out things. So heading into week four, I think it's just going to be more more data, more knowledge. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. After the first, I'm, I'm with y'all because after the first few weeks, it was kind of exhausting. Now it's just like, all right, now we're getting into the swing of things. And like now this stuff is making a bit more sense. Yeah, I hear you. I feel like, you know, you get the first week of data, you get the second week and then week three, you're like, okay, now I can start to, are these metrics making sense? And we start to see some consistencies. Mm -hmm. LQ, what do you feel like you're looking forward to seeing to most in week four? I mean, week four, like like you guys hit the nail on the head. It's like after three weeks, we have the data now. Like we know who's lying and who's telling the truth and who's as advertised. So I'm looking for, for, you know, a couple of these matchups for guys that I have in fantasy lineups. Obviously, they keep doing what they've been doing the last three weeks. So this is definitely a week that a lot of players can either break out or they can continue being duds. So we just learn more than we knew last week. Absolutely. I mean, let's, you know, let's just jump right into our first matchup then. I want to start off with Broncos at the Bears. The Broncos are listed at minus three and minus 112 for the spread. Both will, they're starting off 0-3. So someone's got to win this week unless they end in a tie, which we now know can absolutely happen. But there's got to be a winner of this one. I don't know who it's going to be, but I want to start with the Bears. Obviously, we're looking to see a lot more from Justin Fields this week and hoping yeah. to see more. But is this the week that we're going to see it? LQ, what do you think we're going to be looking for or what to expect even from Fields this week? I mean, what we expect Fields is to look a lot better than he has the last couple of weeks because the Broncos defense is bad, bad. Like these are both bad teams right now, but the Broncos defense should be a defense that he can actually 
show some life. This will be the bounce back game that he honestly needs to actually show that he can launch the ball downfield and get the ball to his number one wide receiver, DJ Moore. And hey, get Cole Komet involved as well into this offense. So this this Broncos defense should be like a layup to him to actually showcase that he can go out there and be this franchise quarterback that, you know, the Bears kind of want him to be. But, you know, there's definitely definitely a lot going on, you know, on the Bears side of things as well. So Justin Fields needs to showcase the talent that we believed in him all summer, you know? Absolutely. And on that note, we drafted him to be QB6, yeah. and he's nowhere close to that right now. He's sitting around QB17. Chris, do we expect him to take some sort of step forward this week? Can we have any hope for fantasy managers? They're going back and forth on whether or not they should even start him. I have to believe that that's the case because if not, I mean, what what are we even doing? Like, what not, are we doing? Not, what are we doing? It's what is what is Luke Getze doing? Like, what is that coaching staff doing if they can't get him going? I mean, after we just watched Miami just like completely run over them, I'm mean, over 300 just rushing yards. I mean, the Dolphins had over 700 total yards in that slaughterhouse of a game that that happened last Sunday. But if they had over 300 yards against the Broncos defense just on the ground. And we've got Justin Fields, who we know once he gets going as a rusher, he can create. And we saw that in the Patriots game in the prime time, like last season, like and throughout like you know, stretches of the 2022 season. If they can get him going on the ground, if we can even see the wide receivers, I don't know. We're I know we're probably not starting. We're definitely not starting Chase Claypool. We're not starting any of the other ancillary guys, maybe Cole Commit, definitely DJ Moore. But if we see the receivers start to get involved. I mean, Tyreek Hill was was doing stuff like last week. River Craycraft was still part of Braxton Berrios. I mean, if those guys, Robbie Chosen, Robbie Chosen out is out there like scoring <laughs> touchdowns in the year of our Lord, 2023. <laughs> That's if wild. Fields, if Justin Fields cannot connect with DJ Moore for a touchdown after watching like Robbie Chosen, like get in, like get into the paint. I mean, there's just there's so many avenues for this passing game to at least be viable, to at least be league average after what we saw in, in week three. So with Justin Fields, I would at least expect to see him use more as a rusher as of right now. Like Taysom Hill has more design rushing attempts, like overall, like than, than Justin Fields. Like this, this is not good. Like they're, they're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and wanting to, they're trying to force him into being like this pocket passer, which, I hope he can, I think he can develop into, but they're trying to force it way too fast. So hopefully they try and get more, uh, use him more as a rusher, have more uh, attempts like to get DJ more in space and they should be able to take this one home because otherwise I don't even want to think about what the drama is going to look like in Chicago after they go on four to a team that just got one of the most like historic losses like historic. in the NFL. It's going to be wild. Absolutely. I mean, and I love that you bring that up, too, because obviously there's been some questions happening in the locker room. You know, Justin Fields made some statements that he then retracted about coaching staff. But you'd imagine that when you draft someone like Justin Fields and you have him starting, that you create offenses to work to his benefit, to do the things that he's best known for and is going to have success with the Ravens did that when they got Lamar Jackson they completely revamped their offense and they did everything they could to make him successful every year they keep striving to make him more successful getting him more weapons trying to get him all that he can to be successful obviously now with the addition of DJ Moore who again had the lone touchdown last week you're hoping for more but LQ do you agree is there 
Is there any hope for more to come out of fields going forward? Or are we going to have to wait for a coaching change? Is that going to be the news that we're waiting to drop this season before we oh, start man. to see more happen? I, I don't know, but you keep saying more, but they need to get more DJ more and more involved. It's on my mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they need to get him more involved. And I think the lack of targets that he's getting, I mean, a 17% target share for a guy that you spent heavy workload to get him in the building and that you, you traded to get him. So it's like you need to have him in that 25% target share. You need to throw the ball more. Like I know the identity of this team is to run the ball, but obviously running the ball and throwing the ball it's just not meshing well so we could potentially see a coaching change but i don't know if that will actually help it might make his situation worse because who's going to be leading the charge every single sure. week in game planning and justin feels just honestly i he needs this game more than we need the points on fantasy this week honestly because it's like if you can't show up against the broncos who just got pumbled like their confidence going into this week it has to be low because <laughs> it's just like, you know, I mean, the yeah. bears confidence has to be low. I mean, the only reason people tuned into their game was to watch Taylor Swift on the sidelines because oh, which had man, nothing to do with that. Was the distraction. So, I, I mean, forgot about that. No one. And that completely even overshadowed the fact that the dolphins absolutely trounced the Broncos last week. So as soon as that news came out, no one cared anymore. So no. the Broncos and bears both really need this game to succeed. And, just to make anyone care about them and their relevance. You guys yeah. brought up DJ Moore. We've talked about him a bit. Is there absolutely anyone else that you're looking to start this week? Khalil Herbert, I have in several leagues, and I'm just nudging him further and further down and until he's not only on the bench, but so far down that I forget that I have him at this point. <laughs> is there anyone else that you guys are looking to start, or is this another wait-and-see game, and you're hoping to see a lot more from this one in order to feel confident? I'll toss out Roshan Johnson. Okay. I do like the fact that he's been at least battling with Khalil Herbert uh, for, for snaps. Uh, he's been efficient as a ball carrier, but also like explosive as well. I mean, while Khalil Herbert in his own right uh, has been able to at least be one of like the better running backs in the league in terms of explosive rush rate, uh, like Roshan is not too far behind him. And if he continues on this path of being at least a, you know, efficient runner, uh, had like fairly high in terms of offensive rushing success rate, uh, I mean, we can at least force a timeshare if he hasn't already. I mean, he's getting pretty like pretty close, like I said, like in terms of snap rate compared to Khalil Herbert. Uh, so in this matchup again against against the Broncos team that uh, you know just got decimated like from a rushing perspective from the Dolphins. I mean, uh, I think at the very least, uh, Roshan at least profiles as a guy that you could. I mean, if it's a desperation type of play, uh, like I, I wouldn't mind like tossing him in for for week four. Okay, love that. Now let's talk more a bit more about the Broncos. We've talked a lot about the Bears. I want to talk about Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. And is this a week where we're going to let we're going to see Sean Payton let Russ cook? Is that actually going to happen? Because obviously the Bears defense was completely shown up by the Chiefs last week and the Chiefs are a higher tier in my opinion than the Broncos. But or than the Bears, but like at the same time, are the Bears going to take this week and the opportunity to show up against the Broncos is, is this a week we can see Russell Wilson being successful LQ? What do you think? 
I think so. I think this is the game that, you know, Russell Wilson can showcase the old Russell Wilson that we know. And I think, like, you know, we're seeing Cortland Sutton. He's being somewhat quietly productive. So things are starting to gel together. And then you have the rookie Marvin Mims that's helping Russell Wilson now with these big plays. So I honestly think you got to give Mims more opportunities so him and Russell Wilson connect on these deep balls and he can be the playmaker that he needs in that in that situation. Jerry Judy, he's kind of banged up. I think he's still dealing with injury. That's why he's kind of sluggish right now so it doesn't really help russell wilson you know that much at the full capacity of what we know where jerry judy can be and russell wilson connection to be but i like russell wilson this week in fantasy just based off what we saw last week with this bears defense as well but even before that game the bears defense was already dealing and struggling trying to contain quarterbacks and trying to uh, have these uh wide receivers get shut down so i think this is a good game for russell wilson this week Got that. So I'm feeling the tide that everyone's kind of maybe favoring the Broncos a little bit this week. Chris, is that how you're feeling? Uh, no, I don't know about fading the Broncos uh, outside of outside of Russ. I think the problem is that I 100% agree with what LQ said. Like Russ, as a starting quarterback for fantasy purposes, all aboard that train is going up against Chicago defense. Our problem is who do you play with Russ? Uh, because the issue is like he's passing to everybody. I mean, 14 different yep. players have at least one target like from Russell Wilson. Yep. And so like, if you, if you like Cortland Sutton, that's cool. Uh, you've got the downfield work. I mean, Scorda he does have at least like one touchdown on the season. So it's like, all right, so he's been making do on what Russ has given him and that's cool. But it's like Jerry Judy, he's like fifth in targets. Marvin Mims has been playing behind like a number of other players. It got, both Javante Williams and some AJP Ryan working in, in the passing game as well. So it's just like, it's just multiple pass catchers like for Denver. So while I agree, Russell Wilson, solid quarterback option for this week, but the individual pass catchers attached to them with as low volume as the Broncos have been from a pass rate standpoint, it's hard for me to advocate for any one of them. Uh, they, they all just kind of fall into that, uh, like the wide receivers fall into that massive, like, you know, their wide receiver threes upside or, you know, whatever label you want to attach to them. I mean, but outside of that, it's just, it's hard for me to say that, yeah, you should definitely be starting one or the other. Gotcha. So let's play a little bit of either or with a couple of these Broncos players then. Um, oh would you rather start Cortland Sutton or Tank Dell this weekend? LQ, I'll go to you first. Oh, I'm going Tank Dell. Start All the right. tank. Roll with the tank. How about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, let's say in a vacuum, I'd, I'd probably have to go with tank, but it's just like, so let's say you're playing, um, I don't know. Cause like, uh, let's say you started Christian Watson tonight and he, and he duds out, you know, you need in you like, you need some upside, mm -hmm. maybe Cortland Sutton, might be that dude, you know, a couple of moon balls his way and he falls into a touchdown. So I'm just trying to think of what the potential, you know, ceiling might be. Sure. You know, after watching what Dell did this past weekend, it's hard for me to say that Cortland Sutton definitely has a higher ceiling than Dell. I'm just trying to think through like what, you know, what folks might be thinking through in order to make that decision. Gotcha. Yeah. I think for myself, I know that I'm looking at Tank Dell as a potential flex in multiple leagues. So I think that I'm liking the potential upside of him more than Sutton. So for myself, if I had to pick the two of the vacuum, I'd have to lean towards Dell. But let's talk about another two. I want to talk about Javante Williams or Devon A-Chain, which I just heard are we not pronouncing his name correctly? It's not supposed to be A chain anymore. It's supposed to be A chain. I guess. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I just got good at learning this one and they're going to make me learn another way. All right. Well, Javante Williams or Devon A chan? I want to go to you first, Chris. Which one are you going to go with? Uh, give me, give me A chan. 
in in what is going to be the I think it's the highest projected point total on at least for for Sunday's game just outside of like the Sunday night game since the Chiefs play uh, I think that's the the easier path like for me to look at like from a rushing standpoint we saw him at least split work uh, with Raheem Mostert uh, like a target standpoint I know that Jalen Waddle's supposed to be coming back but still I mean with with the amount of like work that he's going to get from a volume standpoint uh, it's, it's hard for me to really advocate like for him over Javante Williams, who's still splitting with Sabaja Piran. I believe he just got in like one of his first like, oh no, I believe that's Brees Hall. So take that back. But either way, uh, Javante Williams, like with still splitting work with Samaja Piran, it's I'd rather take the guy that has like this the level of explosiveness that's going to give you, I don't know, potentially 50 points considering he just did it last <laughs> week. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, technically, um, Devon is also splitting work. So you're kind of going between these two guys that are both in subsequent committees of some sort. But the potential upside and the speed for Miami right now is just a train you want to be on. You want to be starting as many Dolphins as you can. Is that wrong, depending on the matchup? I mean, we're going to talk about that matchup a bit later, I guess, so we can save it. But in the vacuum of between these two, I'm with you. I have to go with Devon in this one. Yeah, I think that's. It, I guess you're just thinking about the game environment. I think that's that's the like the easiest way for me to think about it because if I'm going to start a player, uh, by both running backs are involved in in committees. Uh, I'm just looking at the 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 game environment. We're we're projecting Bills Dolphins to be a more high scoring affair, just more fantasy friendly than what the Broncos and Bears is going to look like, unless they, I mean, we could be completely wrong, but it just, at least looking at the situations and scenarios, like for, for both of those running backs, I mean, H -Han, or H Han, excuse me, looks like he's, he's just in the better situation. Absolutely. Final thoughts on that LQ before we go on to the next one. Uh, I would agree with these two. I mean, H Han. H Han. It's gonna. I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm seeing Travis Kelsey name wrong too, and like we kind of Kels. Kels. Yeah. Like we kind of just ignore his last name is Swift anyway. Now, but anyway, yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. H Han. If you're in this scenario with uh, Javante Williams, yeah, love it. All right, so we're on the same page in that one. Let's go ahead and go around the horn and then pick who we've got to win this one. I mean, because someone's got to win or you can totally pick Ty because obviously both teams, again, are 0-3. So someone's got to come away with the victory. I'm going to lean with the Broncos, though, because I've just got so little hope for the Bears going forward this season. Chris, what about you? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the Broncos. With the way that their defense has looked like so far, uh, or Chicago's defense has looked so far, it's hard for me to see, uh, you know, like them being able to come back, rally back, and and wind up like taking this one down. So I, I think the Broncos here. Cool. How about you, LQ? Same thing with the Broncos. I'm I'm gonna lean that way. The Bears look a mess right now. Bears look a mess. <laughs> They look like they don't <laughs> want to be there. I mean, no. I don't blame them. They've absolutely, they just got trounced last week. Both teams got trounced. This is going to be a sad game. Hopefully there's some positivity and it's not just all. Just yes. Chaos. Yeah. For the chaos, like give me a just tie. Just for the chaos. All right. You know what? I'd love to like, like around the horn. Let's hope that it ends in a tie. I want the chaos. Bring it on. <laughs> It'll be a all good right. one. Let's yeah. talk about another game that I definitely hope doesn't end in a tie because I need a lot of fantasy points to come out of it. But the second matchup I want to talk about is the Raiders at the Chargers. The Raiders are at plus five and a half and minus 110 for the spread on this one. Obviously, there's a lot of upside, I think, for the Chargers, but I want to talk about the Raiders first because they also seem like another team that's a little bit sad in the locker room. 
Uh, Devontae Adams was quoted earlier this week saying, I don't got time to just wait around. I'm curious, do you guys think that maybe we could be start seeing some trade rumors and some requests coming out of that locker room coming soon? Because it's not looking <clears throat> positive for the Raiders right now. Yeah, it's heating up. It sure is heating up. And, you know, we all hope, you know, they figure it out because I actually like this offense. You know, we just got to get Josh Jacobs going. You got, you got Jacoby Myers there. The offense is looking decent not decent but above average i would say with both uh jacoby myers and Devonte adams it looks like the offense is running through them too it's just they're lacking the winning culture i would say you know quoting him so i, I feel like they'll, they'll figure it out this will be the game where spirits will be high they're going to come out with a win so i think this will you know quiet those trade rumors for Devonte adams definitely i mean i think right now we're obviously still waiting to see what's going to happen with jimmy garoppolo he's dealing with a yeah. concussion and it was a limited participant in practice today. But Chris, how about you? Do, are you looking for any signs of hope from this team or is it all going to be dependent on if one, Jimmy G can be healthy, be out on the field, but two, if we can just see them start to connect and have more consistency. Yeah. I just, I, it needs to be Jimmy G at this point. I mean, credit to him. I, I thought a, a lot of the, like the narratives like over the off season was that like, well, he's leaving Kyle Shanahan. He's so much of a system quarterback. We're not going to see any of the same efficiency metrics. And so far, I mean, the dudes have kind of been balling out uh, what like top 10 ish in terms of air yards, like per attempt, uh, the EPA per play has still been there. So it's like, he's been pushing the ball downfield actually using like his main target in Devonte Adams, of course. And like, like LQ was mentioning, like Jacoby Myers out there doing his thing. So like we've seen him be like effective and efficient like as a quarterback without having to lean on like the Kyle Shanahan scheme as the reason why like he's been so good. So I'm hoping that he's the one out there this weekend because whether it's Aiden O'Connell or like Brian Hoyer or like whatever their backup situation is, I don't trust either of those dudes with Josh McDaniels like pulling the uh, pulling the strings. I mean honestly like what what does what does like Josh McDaniels what does he do? Like what <laughs> What what is he what is he responsible for? Because like, I, I don't understand because like the dude like, like he was like he was like an offensive he was supposed to be this offensive guru right like coming out of coming out of like the New England and like he still has like a net like he still has a below fifty percent winning percentage as a head coach like whether it was with the Broncos his stint with the Broncos or now like with with the Raiders so he has been a winning coach the offense again like outside of having like throwing a bunch to Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. Okay, cool. I'm pretty sure as a head coach, I could come up with a game plan in order to do that. Okay, Jimmy, just go out there and throw it to Devontae Adams, go out there and throw it to Jacoby Myers. Don't throw it to anybody else. I can come up with that game plan. Yeah. And also this is the same dude just this past week. Once they get into the red zone, he decides he wants to kick a field goal <laughs> down two scores. They're like, wait, 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 what do you do here? Do you like, play I'm to win out. the game? Do you I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm the guys from office space. Just like, so like, what would you say that you do around here? <laughs> because I'm not understanding like what it is that he does. And so, it, with, and so without having the, the veteran presence, like from, from Jimmy G to really like operate this offense, unless that's there I mean, all, all bets are off. And I, I'm with both of y'all. I mean, Devontae Adams should be like that. That brother should be ring chasing right now. I mean, what, oh, three, time, three time all pro. I mean, the, I would say I would assume that he has a, a case for the Hall of Fame. And mm -hmm. if he puts, you know, if he gets a ring on his finger, uh, like from, you know, after winning a Super Bowl, that would solidify him like for his case to make it in Canton, into Canton after he retires. And yeah. he's definitely not going to get there. 
playing with playing not in Vegas. Vegas. No, not, no, not the sir. rate that they're going. No, no absolutely back not. To the Packers. <laughs> yeah. So like either Take go back, back to Green Bay, uh, see if, uh, you know, maybe, you know, get with his people and uh, just talk to his divisional rival with the Kansas Chiefs, uh, Kansas City Chiefs and just no, maybe hey, Patrick Mahomes. Anywhere no. but you know, the Chiefs, no. I mean, just you know, get a, you know, the, I don't know, text anybody, but get him out of Vegas because right now this ain't working. No, yeah. it's not working. I mean, it's. I don't know that I'm necessarily looking forward to this game, but I'm hoping for the positive. And I'm, just like you said, I mean, if Jimmy G plays, I'm not going to be as worried about this. Hopefully he does. Someone that I'm not going to be benching either way is me, Devontae Adams. Obviously, he's been very consistent, very good this whole season. Last week, he went absolutely off, having over 170 yards. Love to see that. But I don't know that I'm loving who else to start. You brought up Josh Jacobs earlier, LQ. I don't know what to do with him. I have him in, I, I, I don't have a ton of him in a lot of my leagues on purpose because I was nervous about him this season. But I know so many people that keep asking me, what do I do with this guy? And I don't know what to tell them because it's hard to find a bright spot at the moment. It's been consistently mediocre. And until I see a bright spot, which, if a team is going to choke, it's the Chargers, and it could be yeah. them this weekend. You never know. Absolutely could blow up. Something bad could happen. Josh Jacobs could go off, but I'm starting him as maybe a flex. I'm not starting him as an RB2. What do you guys feel? Uh, man, I, I think I'm starting him in the flex with you. It's just at the point now, it's like we saw what he can do last season, and we fell in love with that. And then the hold down, then he's paid, and he's back. This is somewhat his preseason let's just call that sure. because he didn't play at all so i'm i'm just gonna chalk it up that this is his preseason and then eventually he'll get it going and again this will be the game for him to really get going this will be the game against a bad defense as well the chargers are just a mess and they're going to shoot themselves in the foot like they always do so this will be the game to really get the touches going to establish the run game and then fantasy managers can kind of chill out and not panic and he'll be out of that preseason mode how about you, Chris? Is there any situation you'd imagine benching Jacobs right now? Or are you still just in a flexing wait and see? Who I'm just trying to figure out who you would start him over. Because from a touch standpoint, uh, Josh Jacobs is one of the only running backs, if not the only running back with more than a 75% rushing share, rushing share of like of his own team's carries and also a 15% target share. And we've gotten to the point where it's it's funny because like think back like two, three years ago, everybody was down on Josh Jacobs because he was just a rusher. Like he got the base down work, but when it was, when it came to third down, it was who was like Jalen was shard, uh, Amir Abdullah. It was like those types of passing down, like passing down backs that would come in and take the third down work from him. And so we hated Josh Jacobs then, but he still went out thousand yards, you know, did his thing. And then now he's got the base down work. He's got the third down work. And oh, by the way, he's the passing down back as well. They don't have that option anymore. So he's got like all the touches, but he's, he's doing all the things that we want, but now still nobody wants him. I mean, I, I understand that I, just because, you know, he put up what a negative two yards in week two, Ow. which is that's definitely hard to stomach. But if you were just to look at the opportunity he gets on a weekly basis, you're not finding that anywhere else outside sure. of, you know, the Christian McCaffrey's and, you know, the Austin Eckler's if he's healthy, like all those types of guys. So if you're getting that many touches per game from a running back, I'm probably going to have him in my roster somewhere. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. I think, you know, requisite touches and all that and just opportunity. It, these are things that fantasy managers, especially in week four, you know, I'm getting tons of trade offers for different people. People are panicking a little bit and you understand yeah. the reason why, because you draft players like him as high as you do and you expect them to produce. So I get it. Um, I, I don't, for myself, I wouldn't be benching him if i mean unless i had amazing other running backs for some crazy reason yeah there's not really a situation i could imagine not starting him but i'm definitely tempering expectations hoping for some booms elsewhere and maybe moving him around a bit on my roster but let's talk a bit more about the chargers because obviously you know we got to talk about the second half of this game and i think it's a little bit of an opposite situation where i feel like it's a start all your chargers everyone just went out and ran to get josh palmer on their rosters this week and i know I'm one of the people that just did because I'm looking for some upside, but is there, and, and obviously we just heard that Austin Eckler was a limited participant this week. So we're hoping that he gets the start. Is this a situation where you guys are like the dolphins looking to start as many chargers as you have ownership of? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, you, you got Keenan Allen. He's showing that 31 years old ain't old. <laughs> He's no, going it's out not. There still being the guy. The Fine line. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think you star him, obviously, and Olsen Ecker limited. I'm putting him in starting lineups, too. And, I mean, mm -hmm. we saw the practice video yesterday. I mean, he's got his helmet on. He's jumping up and down. That ankle looks like he's back to where he can be serviceable. So I'm putting him in starting lineups as well. So you got to start all your chargers, but I don't know if I'm going to start the rookie, though. But I'll, I'll let gotcha. Chris his, uh, hit first. Okay. Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, start all your chargers. My I would say that if Austin Eckler doesn't go, because in the back of my mind, like I see the limited practices. Yep, I saw the video that LQ's referencing of him just like running on the field, jumping up and down. Their bye week is next week. So yeah. that's my my only thought is that cool, they figure out that he he's good to go. There's I just I can't see a world where the Raiders without Jimmy Garoppolo. And you just heard my rant about Josh McDaniel. <laughs> but ain't 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 no way that they, you know, that he's gonna be able to to beat the Chargers. But it is the Chargers, so you know, stranger things have happened. So I understand sure. that. But if they know that this should be a relatively easy matchup, do they let Joshua Kelly carry the load like for another week? It's, it's entirely fit and let Austin Eckler yeah. rest up. Sure. And then they just make sure that he comes out of the bye week fresh and then they're good to go afterwards. It's just it's just a thought that but so if if it's Josh Kelly, I'm not starting Josh Kelly. <laughs> I, I that that no. honestly, Josh Kelly, like that dude owes me money. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like that no nah, fab at very in the that, invoice. That, yeah, <laughs> I'm about to invoice that man for something. I need to I need somebody needs to get me like his number. I need to get in touch with his people because this is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that man came out in week one and was just as efficient as Austin Eckler was getting goal line touches he was getting involved in the passing game and it was just like all right they got a they got a solid backup to austin eckler and we are cool yeah. austin eckler's been asking for a good backup for for years <laughs> kelly showed like he shows out in week one He's the guy. and then and then when eckler goes out what we see from what have we seen from Josh Kelly the past like couple of weeks? Not I mean, a, he's been he's been a dud. I mean, he <laughs> inefficient. I mean, they like honestly, they went ahead and when they were just like, all right, like Herbert, just throw the ball, not to Josh Kelly. Like, just throw the ball to everybody. <laughs> just don't else. look at him. Everybody just else. don't even look at him. He's we're not, not even going to run the here. ball anymore. We're just going to throw the ball, which is which is something they should have done anyway. But it took yeah. them having Kelly just be like this inefficient rusher in order for them to get to this point. So it's just like, if it's, if it's Eckler, yep. In my starting lineup, without a doubt. 
If it's not, forget all of that. And I will just, it will just be, it'll be Keenan Allen. It will be uh, Josh Palmer. Uh, I mean, heck, even at this point, I'll probably start like Donald Parham because Gerald Everett's been sick the past couple of days and like in mispractices. Uh, so just, it's a bad it's, flu going around in California right now. In this yeah. So it's just, it's those guys and probably nobody else. Gotcha. So like you brought up Josh Palmer and I want to get both of your takes on this, uh, who you got between the two. If you went out and you got Josh Palmer, you're starting him. Great. But if you're someone else that didn't get him and you've got the rookie Quentin Johnston, is this a week that you'd be looking to start him or who would you rather of these two? LQ, let's start with you. Uh, I'd probably pump the brakes. This is more like a wait and see situation because if we look at last week when Mike Williams went down, I'm still in pain over that injury. But man, <laughs> Josh Palmer is like the more proven talent in this offense. Like we we know it works with him. He has his flashes. He has his opportunities. But if we look at when Mike Williams went down, Josh Palmer's basically target share went from 12.5% to 25%. So that just shows that Justin Herbert is trusting in Josh Palmer in this situation. And with the limited Austin Eckler, he's still going to be involved. But I think this could be the situation where if you start Quentin Johnston, you're, you're, you're praying that he's on the field, he's making the right decisions, he's, he's building this chemistry with Justin Herbert, but this is all a mystery. We don't know that. So why even gamble throwing him into starting lineups when you just kind of want the waiver wire? So you just don't know. So start your guys you're more comfortable with, guys that are safer, safer in your uh, flex position or wide receiver too, whatever the situation is. So I'm more so on the Josh Palmer side just based on just the proven talent. Gotcha. How about you, Chris? Yeah, and I'm in the same boat as LQ. It's easier for me because, <clears throat> like, from a routes run perspective, the moment Mike Williams went down, uh, Josh Palmer matched Keenan Allen in routes run. It was Quentin Johnston that was, just, like, more or less lagging behind, not just from a route standpoint, a target standpoint, area. I mean, just every, every, every. metric that you can think of. Like, that dude is just, like, third, fourth, fifth on the depth chart behind, like, it's, like everybody. So until he comes along in the offense, until he can get in, get in sync with Justin Herbert, just become more integrated with the offense and just learn the game to get out there and have some more snaps. I think Johnston is more of like the guy that you stash, hope he develops into something just because the, that offense is just so potent. It's just so good. It's just going to be more of a pass first type of offense. You can, if you're like two and one, three and oh, heading into week four, he's the guy that you want to have on your bench for week six, week seven, week eight, like somewhere in there when hopefully like he picks up the offense. But for right now, if you're, one and two, oh and three, dumping that fab for Josh Palmer to get that instant production that we know he should have, the opportunity he should have in week four. I think that was the right play. Love that. I mean, I definitely, like I said, went out and got Josh Palmer where I could. And you're looking at the targets. They're continuing to trend upwards and in the positive for Palmer right now. So I'm going to ride the hot hand and I'm going to keep starting Palmer. So I'm in agreement with you guys in terms of who I'm starting between the two. Let's go around and pick who is going to win this one now. LQ, start with you. Are the Raiders going to surprise the Chargers or Chargers going to take this one easily? It all depends, honestly. It comes down to Jimmy G's health. So I might just be leaning the Chargers because I don't know if Jimmy G's trending to play. Gotcha. And I got to represent for LA now. So there you of course go. You do. <laughs> of course you do. All right, Chris, how about you? Uh, Chargers. Um, the, after watching Herbert, what, like 405 yards or something like that last week? I mean, with Keenan Allen, all that, that duo is just like too dynamic. Uh, if they get Austin Eckler, it's just it needs an easier slam dunk, but just looking comparing the two offenses, uh, I have to go with Herbert. Gotcha. Yeah, I got to go with the Chargers as well, um, especially in this one. I just I feel like they're 
going to try and take a tiny bit of a win streak. It'll, of course, come crashing down again pretty quickly on them. But I think this is a good week that we can say for sure the Chargers are going to take the win easily. Um, I think even if Jimmy G starts, to be honest, I just think that they've got more weapons available to them and they're going to be able to be a bit more flashy in terms of what they're able to show on the field. But before we get to our third matchup, I'd love to talk about our friends over at Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus is your streaming home to catch every local NFL on CBS game this season. Paramount Plus gives you an all-access pass to 24-7 NFL content all week long with CBS Sports HQ, Fantasy Football Today, NFL Slime Time, and more. Stream the NFL on CBS with Paramount Plus on any device, at home, or on the go. Now, guys, let's talk about our third matchup of the slate today. Let's talk about Ravens at Browns. Chris, we're going to have to set aside our biases. We gotta talk about these guys. It is what it is. Let's just deal with it together. But we'll get, we'll get through it. Stay we'll positive. It. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be good. There's a lot of. There could be some good fantasy goodness in this one. I want to start with the Ravens, that they're listed at plus three and minus one fifteen on the spread. First of all. But also, I want to talk a bit about Lamar Jackson. He's looking pretty good this season. And I think that a lot of fantasy managers are really happy with his production so far. And this could be another good game for him. There's a lot going for him in the rushing game, obviously in the passing as well, and a lot of consistency. I read your write-up earlier today, and I feel like you're feeling the same way. Yeah, and I think uh, the... So, like, the narrative on, on Lamar Jackson, like, for the past, I don't know, since he got drafted... Uh, he's just a rushing quarterback. Uh, I mean, the dude can't be like a, an actual pocket passer. And even though, I mean, let's toss out the fact that while he was at Louisville, like under Coach Petrino, like he was actually running like an NFL like style, like a pro style <laughs> offense, like with actual like legit, like like with legit concepts and all that. But let's let's toss that out. Uh, but he comes into comes in the NFL. They actually you know, use his rushing like to their to their advantage. And with Greg Roman, then that's what we saw. But with Todd Munkin adding in like legitimate receivers going from having Devin Duvernay as like your wide receiver two, three to just being a, being in a gadget role, uh, not having to throw passes to Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, when he's you know, already like past the age of 30, uh, giving him actual like legitimate talent. Uh, oh, oh my goodness. I, I, I didn't know Lamar Jackson could, could be this dude. I didn't know that, you know, he could be this, this capable uh, or efficient of, of a quarterback. I mean, get out get out of here with all that noise. <laughs> I mean, I'm just glad that they're, they're capable of actually like showing us and highlighting the fact that this is what Jackson has in his tool bag. Uh, actually using more three wide receiver sets. We've seen that like grow by leaps and bounds. Uh, not to say that, you know, they're using it like, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs or anything like that. But the fact that they're using more three wide receiver sets. We're seeing Lamar actually throw downfield more often. Uh, and then that's actually leading to more efficient play, uh, shorter third down and uh, like uh, distance to the first yard marker. And like on third downs, just the offense is being more efficient. And of course, they, when he needs to, he can still run for a first down. We saw him do against my Bengals. Uh, we'll see like how that's going to work out against like Cleveland's defense, which is obviously a much more ferocious Ooh. defense. Ooh. But yeah. overall, I mean, just seeing Jackson do the things that he's doing, not just as a runner of the football, but a thrower of the football, it just it just goes to show that a lot of the narratives that people concoct about uh, just black quarterbacks in general, I mean, it's just not – it's it, it just you have to be the one – like you have to like, watch the film. You have to look at like what that player is and like what they've been like from a college a college prospect to where they're at now and toss a lot of those narratives right out the window, and Jackson's showing them that. 
Absolutely. I love that you brought the Louisville part. I got to go watch him when he played at Louisville because my brother went there at the time. Uh, loved watching him play. It was phenomenal. In college. Mm -hmm. But LQ, you made a lovely little sound effect of shoo when you think about the Browns defense. I'm a little tiny bit nervous, but do you think that the Browns are just going to only be able to shut down his running game and Lamar's going to stay as effective as he's been in the passing game this weekend? Um, this will be a true test for Lamar and it'll be a true test for the Browns as well to stamp them as this elite defense of how they're playing they're first in multiple categories when we're looking at this browns defense i mean right now they have a zero percent red zone passing touchdown rate right now and it's ridiculous that it's been three weeks and nobody's been able to get in the red zone and score on them and like they're they're, they're second in the fewest rush yards per game and they face king henry and they had joe mixon and i guess you know Najee harris not yeah. yeah, yeah. Our I'm, defense I'm, won that I'm one. I know live. what it is. Let you live, Sam, but <laughs> it's fine. I know what some, it is. They face some legit running backs, and like I really feel as though this Browns defense is legit. So this will be a true test for Lamar, and it'll be a true test for this Browns defense to stamp them as the best defense in the NFL right now. Like it's really impressive their opponent completion rate allowed. I mean, you you look at these numbers, it's like how are they? so good right now they're playing so like they're consistent. going out they're having fun every hat on the ball like they're they're just playing great football right now defenses win championships absolutely now just talking a little bit more about the running game because obviously for fantasy managers we want to see any little bright spot of hope but you look at the mixed backfield available to you in terms of the rest of the running backs for the ravens gus edwards melvin gorman Kenyon drake do we care is, are any of them worth starting unless you're in an extremely deep league? Is Especially this matchup, is this one where you're just ignoring the position in, just from this team this weekend, Chris? I want no part of that. I, I want I want none of that. I want uh, none of that. Because, <laughs> no, I mean, LQ's right. I mean, look at look at the running backs that they face so far. Un unless sure. if, it was, if it was one of them, like mm -hmm. if it, let's say Justin, Justice Hill, who just came back to practice, I believe, today, okay. uh, if it was just him, getting most of the rushing work, but then also because he has like the, the, uh, the pass catching aspect to it in terms of like routes, run targets and all that. Okay, cool. I could potentially get behind that. Let's say if you're in a 14 team league, somewhere around there, but Gus Edwards plus justice Hill. No, we can't. No, plus I don't want, I don't, Gordon, plus I don't want, I don't want any of that. Like, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Not against, not against this defense, uh, and not with the split workload. I mean, because they each have their own roles. I mean, Gus Edwards, they'll do like the the early down, get some of the base work. Justice Hill will fit, like will mix in, you know, third downs, two minute passing game work. Melvin Gordon will just kind of float around and like you know hop in like here and there as well. So it's like with it being so split. And in this in in this environment against that defense, no, I, I want I want no part of that. No, absolutely not. I think the only ones that I'm feeling decent about starting this weekend are going to remain Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews in terms of the pass catchers available there, just because they're having such good success in the passing game, such consistency too. Lamar's really cleaned it up. To your point, he's just. I don't know what it is that every off season and let's just have this etch a sketch erase the past and just, oh it's going to be this way again. It's like no. Things are continuing to improve, and we're absolutely seeing it. But let's talk a bit about the Browns, who are also improving, as much as I hate to say it. Mm -hmm. Watson did start to put it together last week, and I think he's going to start to continue to put it together, and at least in terms of consistency in the passing game. Do you, if you're rostering someone like Elijah Moore, 
or any of the other pass catchers, are you having more hope going into a game like this? Or because it's such a tough divisional matchup, are you hedging bets on additional pass catchers to start? Mm, I think it's it's easier for me to just look at the primary pass catchers, like for, for Cleveland. Uh, it's Amari Cooper, who's one of the most like efficient uh, efficient receivers in the league, one of the best route runners in the league. I mean, the man is a technician once he gets out in the field. I think that's the easier path for me to go. Uh, but if I was going to target any of the ancillary receivers, it might be Donovan Peoples-Jones, just because okay. if Watson can get loose and uncork one deep, uh, that's really where Peoples-Jones kind of makes his mark. And with uh, the Ravens secondary been somewhat injured like over the past couple of weeks, uh, they might be able to, you know, get a couple by him. And that's where, you know, guys like, you know, DPJ can kind of make their bones, but like David and Joku I mean, as a tight end, you know, tight end, like, you know, like you know, 10, 12, 11, 12, like somewhere in there, like the back end of the tight end one ranks. Okay, fine. Uh, Elijah Moore, you know, like we were talking earlier about the wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes with upside. Okay, fine. Uh, but just nobody that I'm just like super excited about or, are just rushing or like super confident about like having my lineup outside of Amari Cooper. Gotcha. Now LQ on the same note, I mean, a lot of people went out and got Jerome Ford if they hadn't already. Um, are we really considering him a true RB one right now, just because he's got such an amazing volume in terms of rushing capabilities right now for the Browns and they're I mean, such a run yeah. heavy team. Yeah, you're looking at him as the workhorse. Like, the job is his. I mean, unfortunately, you know, Nick Chubb went down. But Jerome Ford is, like, filling these shoes, like, comfortably right now with the workload. And I like his upside every single week. I mean, 40% of the Browns' red zone targets, they belong to Jerome Ford. So you see him getting involved in the passing game as well. So I like this dual threat with him. I'm not really concerned with Kareem Hunt behind him because – He's coming off the street. Like he just had on jeans last week, you know. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like he he, he can't not, move in jeans. No, no, you can't. Like running in jeans looks crazy. So it's like <laughs> I, I feel like you know we'll have to wait a couple more weeks for Kareem Hunt to get back in the mix of things before we start worrying about Ford. But I think the next couple of weeks you could just ride him. Just how he's so much involved, especially in important areas. Like I said, forty percent of the targets go to him. So in the red zone. So it's like. That is a stat that you need to follow. And like when they say follow the money, follow the volume here. Absolutely. And I'm compared to some of the backfields we already discussed that are clearly split or you're having to work with other players eating into each other's volume and opportunities. Yeah. You don't have that right now. Like you just said, Kareem Hunt, yes, he's there. It's going to take time for him to get into the mix, if you will. But so for now, it's going to be Ford going forward. So fantasy managers just continue to see that. I want to play another would you rather between a couple of these players. We One that we talked about already and then one that we just spoke about. Elijah Moore we just mentioned, and we talked about Josh Palmer pretty highly in the last matchup. So between the two, LQ, Elijah Moore or Josh Palmer in a vacuum for the weekend? Wow. I know. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I'm going to go Palmer. I'm going to go Palmer for that. All right. There's more bang for your buck. There. More bang for your buck. I like that. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Palmer with the, the amount of targets that he's going to get. Uh, yeah, it's just easier for, me, easier for me to look at Palmer as the, the higher okay. upside play. I feel like both will have a healthy target share. It's just I feel like the matchup, this is more upside for Palmer to find the end zone. Like we might see him catch two, you know? So like sure. that's why I'll be really chasing here. Elijah Moore, he's getting involved. Slowly but surely, like if there's 
improvement week after week. Like they're getting involved with rushing attempts as well. Like they're seeing what he did, you know, in New York, you know, getting involved in the running game, little jet sweeps here and there. Like I like that. That's all cute and all, but I'm, I'm not it's cute. Sure. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that you said that. Not my words, adorable. your words. You said it was it's adorable. Cute, so. <laughs> it was just another step forward. Just I've never, I've never characterized a player like that. I'm gonna have to start writing like that too. Yeah, this play is adorable. His that route run was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you guys. I like the upside for Palmer. I also just like Justin Herbert a little bit more in terms of the possible potential boom that he has for the two. So another would you rather between two players, Jerome Ford or Alexander Madison? Chris, I want to start with you. Oh boy. Oh, <laughs> Face palm. Just like, why would I do this to you? Why? Oh, man. Uh, dang. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll stick with Ford on this one. I, I want to believe in Alexander Madison. I really, really do. And on an offense that passes so much, like you'd think that he would get just a little bit more. Mm, no, nah, but no, nah, just give, give me Jerome. I mean, yeah, the matchup this week, but yeah, it's just eh. at Carolina. Yeah, eh. it all looks good. It just it, it all good. feels like it, it's set it's set up for him. But like, yeah, he for as many red zone carries as he's had, like dude is yet to define the paint. So no, I'm just yeah. I have to go Jerome for it. I think the other factor here is Cam Akers is probably going to play this week. And Ken mm-hmm. Lowe, he's he he looked at it how I'm just saying. This isn't his word or anything. I'm saying he was with the Rams. He saw Cam Akers, what he can do every single day. He thinks he can unlock Akers because Akers' best season is with him. So it's like mm-hmm. he feels as though he knows what to do with him. So he might want to show off his new toy. So Madison touches might get split in half. This, this might game, be the week they know. go down. Yeah, and I, I think Akers will get more touches as he gets warmed up because we saw him with the Rams and him and Sean Vay, they're just not mentally on the same page. They're, mm-hmm. they're, it, it just is what it is. And he's out. He's fresh. He has a point to prove. Like he's playing with a chip on the shoulder. So I think this will be the game Akers starts to get warmed up. Like I'm not going to say he's going to have a huge game, but this is the matchup to have him try to get warmed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd rather have the volume of someone like Ford this week or <laughs> clear cut number one. It's a. Yeah. I wouldn't say a very friendly matchup, but it's better in terms of the likelihood that they're going to be feeding him a lot. So you like that upside. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to be leaning with Ford as well. I have Madison in some leagues and I'm, you know, disappointed in myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best way I can put it. But, Uh uh, you know, I'm just wanting better. I feel like when I drafted him, it was like, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you see sushi that's out there and you're like, oh, that looks delicious and you get it. And then you go home and you're like, why do I feel like this was a mistake that's yeah. kind of how i feel about the way i drafted alexander madison he's like the grocery store sushi that i picked <laughs> wow up. all right um, this like so many analogies and like new things that like you know players are adorable you're comparing dudes to like grocery store sushi i mean yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm catching all sorts of words, ideas <laughs> yeah i just paint with words it's, yeah i'm an artist what can i say you are <laughs> that's for all right sure. but let's go ahead and make our picks for this matchup then browns ravens who we got LQ, who's taking the win? Uh, I think the Ravens still come out with a win. It will be a tough battle, another challenging matchup, you know, for Lamar. So I think this will be a good test for both teams, but I think the Ravens come out with a dub. Okay. Chris, how about you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with LQ on this one. I know that the, the Browns defense has been formidable, 
But we've seen Lamar be able to work through some of the passing game woes, uh, and he always has his legs to rely on in order to like keep the offense moving. So I think this is going to be another one of those like Lamar puts the team on his back type of game, and then the, the Ravens get another one. Yeah, I agree. I think the Ravens are going to take this one. I just got way more faith in Lamar Jackson than I do just Deshaun Watson. Um, I think he's able to get the win. I was also surprised they didn't get the win against the Colts last week. So that a little bit of a chip. Wild. They need yeah. they need the win this week. So I think they're going to be more hungry and they're going to be the ones to go ahead and get that win. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to the last matchup. I think this is going to be the most fun matchup to cover, though. We've got mm -hmm. Dolphins at bills with the dolphins listed at plus two and a half and minus 102 i'm excited for this one because obviously we just saw the dolphins score 70 points last week it was beautiful all fantasy managers that started any dolphin even the kicker and i had a league where i won because of my kicker that was phenomenal we're just excited to see more and i think all of us want to see another 70 point game probably not going to happen against the bills no. But I do think it's still going to be a really fun matchup. Now, I have Devon A-Chain. I'm going to say it again because I'm going to keep messing it up the whole game thing, but it's fine. I'm going to be starting him as many places as I can, and I feel good about that. Do you guys feel good about starting him, even if a flex running back going forward? I know that last week was an anomaly, and you didn't expect that. But this offense just seems so high-powered. I don't want to bench any Dolphin going forward. LQ, how about you? I don't know. I think this might be a, a situation with Puka, how we got the humble pie, you know, sure. against this okay. matchup with the Bengals. Because um, you look at the first two quarters of the game, he, he wasn't on the field much. I mean, he only had 16% of the snaps. So it's like, I, I don't like putting him in this game when it's going to be a tight game. Like, they, this might be the game where they fade the run game because – they need to come back or they they're in a tight spot. This is going to be a very tough game because the bills defense, they're, they're nothing to be slept on. I mean, this defense is playing just as well. And if you look at the dolphins defense, they're probably mid bottom of the table where they're at, you know, in a total yards per game aspect of things. But I know everybody's expecting this high scoring game, but this, this is going to be a tough game. So I don't know if I'm putting them in, you know, in starting lineups this week, because again, the first two quarters, he wasn't really on the field. So they were up by what, 50 at the half. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, let's bring Moster back. Let's see what we got in the rookie. He, he He's getting his licks. And of course the speed is definitely appealing, but to put him in starting lineups this week, I don't know. I'm not too confident. Okay. Chris, how about you? I think at, like to, uh, to LQ's point, the Bills defense, like so far, I mean, they limited, they, they've been really limiting, like toward like to opposing rushers. I mean, after they really stomped out the commanders, and really it was only, I mean, Brian Robinson, I think he got like one explosive carry for about 20, 23 yards uh, on Sunday. So that was really just about like all they were able to get, uh, like from, from that standpoint, uh, from, from their ground game. So if we can't get that like out of out of HN like we can't expect them to be like this solid or like efficient running game like we've seen to say nothing about what we just saw on Sunday I'm definitely not expecting over 300 yards like rushing or anything like that sure he'll have to make it up as as a pass catcher uh, if, if I'm uh, remembering correctly uh, River Craycraft is yet to practice this week so he's been more of the short yardage uh, you know running out of the slot uh, type of option for for Tua so if he winds up missing I mean, that could be where A-Chan like makes up some of his like his fantasy potential. Uh, we know that he, with him coming out of college, like him being a receiver, like that was like part of his game, and like why we liked uh, why we liked him as a fantasy uh, as a fantasy asset, not just for the speed, but then also for 
and the fact that he can get involved in like in this dynamic passing game. So like while Mostert has also been involved like as as a receiver as well, uh, if they are down like one extra receiver, they're getting Jalen Waddle back, but he plays on the perimeter. But if they wind up needing a guy that can play on the interior, that can be that that option for for Tua, like once they get into obvious passing situations, need to convert a series, like get a first down or whatever. I mean, that could be a chance role, and that could be how he winds up at least being. Yeah, the, I'm, again, not expecting fifty points, anything like that. But at the very yeah. least, like in like in like the RB two ish range, like in PPR leagues. I mean, that could be like the at least he has the potential to do that this weekend. I mean, definitely love the potential. I mean, I think obviously, you know, a lot of these backs in this backfield have a history of injury issues. So you're also happy that you have someone that has that potential, has that speed, can be that guy. So you got to be happy that you have him in a lot of leagues. I think I still have some leagues deep enough that it'd still be fine starting him out there. I'm just going to do it because, you know, full send. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but obviously also excited. You mentioned someone else coming back. Jalen Waddle's coming back. Could he hinder anyone else's performance? I don't think a brick wall could stop Tyreek Hill with the rate at which he's been producing. So Waddle coming back, I'm not worried at all about Hill, but could we see Waddle's return hinder anyone else? Or is this just a situation where, like you mentioned, this is going to be more of a passing game and we should expect just nothing but big passing numbers? LQ. Uh, yeah, I think Waddle will be fine. I mean, this offense last week, we saw what they were able to do to the Broncos without him. I mean, <clears throat> he's coming back in and I don't think – this offense is going to really hurt anybody. I think it's going to help everybody, you know, for their opportunity to win the game. And like, I like Waddle this week. I like that, you know, the, all the attention is going to be on Hill, obviously, and they're going to try their best. But I think this opens up a lot of opportunities for Jalen Waddle to come back and put some points on the board. Love that. Um, I want to obviously get to the Bill side of the ball coming off of back to back wins. Now they face, I think, their first true formidable appointment in the Dolphins who have nothing but all gas, no breaks that it feels like this season. But I want to talk about a specific player that I'm still waiting to show up. And I don't know if he's got missing flyers out right now, but what are we doing with Dalton Kincaid? Because he's currently sitting in consensus fantasy life rankings at tight end 16.5. And pretty sure I drafted him higher than that. Cause I have him and Sam Laporta in multiple leagues and I'm starting Sam Laporta over and over again with the fact that he's gets so much usage. So, can we expect a little bit more from Kincaid this week, Chris? I I, I don't know. I legitimately don't know like what to do with I like Kincaid that every time at this point. You have your hand on your face. I, I like, just why? I don't I don't because I don't get it. Like I, I don't I don't I don't understand. Because uh, like well well just think about it. So like last week he goes out and he has like one of the like better better receiving like not just like not just box score stuff i'm not talking about like yards or anything like that it was his usage that was the most uh, like promising portion of it uh his air yard share like uh, like almost doubled uh target share uh, like more than doubled uh, even when they were out there with two two tight end sets uh in in, in week 2 uh, he was the one that had like more targets than Dawson Knox, like when they were both out there on the field in two tight end sets, so with twelve personnel. So it was like, all right, we're we're seeing something here. Uh, we're we're seeing like maybe there there might be a shift, there might be a change in the guard, there might be the Bills have figured out that they can use him the way that they they want to use him, like the, the reason that they drafted him to be that you know obvious passing down option for Josh Allen. And then none of that happened like last week. <laughs> none of that. Like he. His, his routes dropped, his targets dropped. Uh, there was only one target to a tight end in the red zone last week, and it, just, it went to Knox. 
so I, I don't know what to do with him at, at this point. It's just easier for me to look at. I, I, I thought like Luke Musgrave was going to be a better play for this week. I'd, I'd start uh, if Gerald Everett was healthy, I would have started him over him this week. It's just it's easier for me to look at some of these other tight end options and just look at what their potential floor would be, which at this point I would say is higher than Kincaid's because even his connection to Josh Allen seems like it's not there, at least not going to be at least consistent enough for us to rely on for fantasy. So I'm, I'm kind of out at this point. Gotcha. Well, Q, talking about some of the other players in this matchup, are you looking forward to any possible big Gabe Davis days? He's had, you know, some decent weeks. He obviously yeah. had a fantastic week too. Came back down to earth a little bit last week against Washington, but could you see a bit more potential against Miami where this could has this has the potential to be a high scoring game? Therefore, you could imagine a Gabe Davis long touchdown in yeah. this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not the biggest Gabe Davis fan. I think he's, you know, okay, but <laughs> This will be the game for him to actually, you know, look like an all-around wide receiver. Because <clears throat> I mentioned before, this Dolphins defense is kind of soft, so it's kind of like they're missing Jalen Ramsey. They're missing that that spunk there, you know, and on the other side. And I feel like this will be the game where we'll have the Gabe Davis game of two touchdowns and four catches for forty yards, probably or whatever. Like sure. I, I really feel like it could be one of these games for him. I mean, or he catches a long one and seventy-two yards and two touchdowns, whatever. But I feel like you know, this will be the week you could be confident of putting him in starting lineups. Absolutely. No, I definitely like him as a start this week, specifically for this matchup. Let's do another either or just to round out these matchups. They've been so fun. Let's start with James Cook or Raheem Mostert. Chris, let's go to you oh, first. Oh, man. Uh, Every time the camera cuts to you after I ask a question, you've like done one of these. And I'm like, uh, you helped me write one. half of these notes. So you know I know this. I, know, I, did, I did this to myself. And I was you just did. like, no, I'll, I'll know better. Like by the time you know, we get to the show, like, oh, I'll, have a, I'll have a solid answer to this. And I'm just like, why did I do this to myself? This is, this is, all, this is all my fault. Uh, get, give me, I'll, I'll take James Cook. I think right. that's the that's the easier option. I know that Cook has not been getting it done or not been getting the same opportunity once again in the red zone. It's been Latavius Murray, it's been Damian Harris, uh, it's been Josh Allen. But at least if he's still being involved in the passing game, uh, like 10, 12-ish percent target share, most of the base down work, uh, at least I can rely on that versus saying that I'm going to need like a 30-yard run from Raheem Mostert in order to really make make my fantasy day. Gotcha. LQ, how about you? Start them both if I could. Start them both. There you go. That's the right. Why are you picking them? See, that's that's the point, if I know I could do that, I would just like start, play I'm, both. I'm doing it because that's a valid answer. You got to start both. You got to. You got to figure out. LQ too smart for me, man. He's too sharp, man. That's, you got to figure out how man. to get both these guys in your starting lineups because they both had like the opportunity to have really good, really good finishes this week. So you know, you got you got to figure it out. He just, you know, I don't know if this Star Trek reference is too deep, but he just Kobayashi marooned the whole test. He just like found the win right out of the back. Exactly. I'm just yeah. showing my nerd card really big right now. It was a no win scenario for me. You put me in a no win scenario. It was a setup from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Well, I guess for me, it's hard to it's hard to bench Mostert between the two. So for me, I'm kind of giving the edge to Mostert in this one. So that would be my pick. One more. Would you rather between the two? We talked about Gabe Davis, but Gabe Davis or Garrett Wilson? LQ, I'm going to start with you. Oh, ah, no, I, I can't go Garrett Wilson because the other will <laughs> torturing the rest of us it's, fantasy it's, managers and all the horrible. Jets fans. So, no, I, I, I got to go to the other side. Give me Gabe Davis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chris, same for you. Uh, one 
is catching footballs from Josh Allen. The other one is catching footballs from Zach. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't do it no more. Like they, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is it. This is it. This is like you said earlier, this is the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm going to go with the passes that are thrown from Josh Allen, not yeah. Zach Wilson. Agreed. going to go with Gabe Davis. All right. Round. We got to go pick the wins for this one. LQ, I'll start with you as our guest. Who's taking the win, the Bills or the Dolphins? I'm going Bills, you know. I'm, I'm okay. a, I think Bills, they're going to come Bills. out with a win. Just, just based on it's going to come down to defense from both, and I, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Okay, Chris, how about you? Yeah, I'll go Bills. Y'all remember the get like the first time that they played last season? It was down in Miami. It was like 90 degrees, and yep. just, I remember that shot of like Josh Allen like having his head onto his shoulder. Like after they looked like they had that man in hell last year. <laughs> like last it was season, hot. Last time they played. It was uh, hot. But they're playing in Buffalo this time, so I think that they, you know, weather conditions should be better. They should be able yeah. to figure out this time. I think the Bills take this one. Yeah, I I agree. I think because this one's at home, I'm going to give slight edge to the Bills. I think the Dolphins are going to come down a little bit from obviously the high that they just came off of with their big 70 point win. But I think this is going to be a fun one. I can't honestly can't wait to watch it. Um, loved your write up over on Game Hub, guys. If you haven't checked it out, please go over to FantasyLife.com and check out all of Chris Allen's articles on the matchups this weekend. They're definitely going to set you up for a lot of wins, not only in fantasy but for the betting side as well. Now, obviously, before we sign it out, I've got to thank LQ for joining us. It's been so much fun having you on. Please make sure you tell everyone where they can find you, all the work you have coming out, you know, how you take your tequila with cranberry. Would love any details (laughs) that you can give the amazing viewers and listeners. (laughs) Well, listen, you guys can find all my content over there on Rotoballer, Fantasy Sports YouTube channel. I'm doing, you know, starting setting them for defenses and one-off topics where I basically choose what player I want to bring breakdown this week so you head over there you'll find all my content over there and also on the nfl fantasy app you guys download the nfl fantasy app i'll be on there weekly just doing little shorts and stuff giving you little player updates and stuff so you can check out my stuff there as well and of course follow me at real deal fantasy on all social media platforms awesome thanks again so much for coming on always a pleasure when we get to talk football together yes let's go been a great week you guys have been awesome thanks again chris for all the amazing notes and the tough questions you made me ask you it's been a really fun one (laughs) yeah exactly i mean well i'll have to think about like how i can better prepare myself like to not be as painful like once we get up and do this for next week i'll make easier questions for next week easier questions okay well then i'm gonna go out of my way to find some really hard questions oh see i thought same team same team come on (laughs) Same to you. No, it just makes it more fun. It'll be all right. All right. Well, I'm wishing all the fantasy managers wins in week four. Thank you again for tuning in to Fantasy Life Podcast, the matchups episode. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you're looking for more fantasy analysis, help with your start sits of the weekend, head over to the Fantasy Life website, fantasylife.com. Amazing tools over there. Check out the Start Sit tool, the Trade Raider, and the Waiver Hub. And of course, if you haven't already, subscribe to the newsletter where you can read articles. Not only Chris and Cooter Doodle, who was missing out today, but we'll catch up with her next week. But the rest of the amazing team at Fantasy Life. And good luck this week, and we'll see you in week five.